So we're here today. My name is Charles, Charles Thompson, and uh, I've been here now at Pham Church for about five years, and uh, came here during a time in my life when we were just in transition, and, and things were just uh, really, really uh, dry, and uh, we were looking for a place where we could call home, call our home church, and God brought us to this church. We had passed by it so many times and said, we need to visit that church, we need to visit that church. And, and finally we did, and uh, we were just received with open arms, people were just so friendly, uh, they just couldn't do enough for you, uh, they wanted to get you connected so that you didn't feel like you were out there as a stranger without any, anybody to help you during your time of difficulties and trials and the things that we as Christians walk through. Did you know Christians have trials? <laughs> just like the rest of the world. But the thing that makes it different with us is when we have trials, uh, we have people that we can depend upon and call upon, and they're going to be there during your time of need. So uh, I serve on the board here at the church. I uh, teach Sunday school. I participate in the outreach ministries. Um, and I get to preach every now and then. Uh, so... Before I get into the preaching, I just wanted to uh, ask you if you met my family. My family back here on the back row. Mm. Mm. I asked them to come because uh, I love them. And uh, it's always nice to have a friendly face out there supporting you. And, and that's what that family does. Uh, they support you, and that's what family is all about, is there's nothing on this earth more important than family uh, other than our relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you have a family, love on your family, uh, just be there for them because they're, they, we need each other. Now that's my blood family back there. And now I want you to look to your left and look to your right, look forward and look to the rear. That's the rest of my family. And if you can't tell it, we love each other around here. And uh, I like, I didn't really know what the fam was all about when we first started coming here, but now I do. Uh, it's, it stands for First Assembly Ministries but if you start attending here and you get connected with people, then you're going to learn that you have a large family. Even if you're by yourself and you're a bachelor or you're just a, a lady that doesn't have a, a husband, uh, you have a large family here that you can get connected to that will love on you and just show you uh, kindness in so many ways. So family is so important. And the church... The body of Christ is so important. When, when I see people that say they are Christians, but they're not participating in a church body, I say, well, you're not doing uh, what you're supposed to be doing as a believer. A believer finds himself or herself a place in the body of Christ where they can serve. For that's what it's all about, being a Christian 
Jesus came to serve. And if we're going to be like Jesus, then we're going to have to learn how to serve. Amen? I want to tell a joke. And my wife says, oh no, he's telling a joke. And I stole this joke from somebody. This may be art, or it may be somebody in this uh, body of believers that told me this joke. But it goes along with my sermon, so they say it's okay to tell a joke if it goes along with your subject matter. There was two elderly gentlemen, and uh, Pito, they were baseball fans. Go Chicago, right? And these two gentlemen, they were lifelong fanatics about baseball. They loved baseball. They went to baseball games. They played baseball when they were young. And then they attended as many games as they could. So they were what we would call a fanatic when it came to baseball. And so these two elderly gentlemen, they made a pact, a covenant with one another. And they said, okay, whichever one of us passes away first has got to get the word back to the other one on whether or not there's baseball in heaven. So, one of them passed away, and then after a couple of days had lapsed, the one that passed away appeared to the other elderly gentleman in a dream. And he said to him, well, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. The good news is, there is baseball in heaven. But here's the bad news. You're in the lineup to preach next Sunday. (laughs) Not to preach, I told you I'd mess up. You're not in the lineup to preach, you're in the lineup to pitch next Sunday. (laughs) So how many of you love baseball? Few hands. Baseball is a slow sport. You have to really love it in order to stick with it. But if you're kind of hyper like the pastor, it probably isn't your game, okay? But how many that many of you loved baseball? Now how many of you want to go to heaven? Well, that's the important thing, that you want to go to heaven. And I'm here this morning, and I'm going to show you how to get into heaven, and I'm going to tell you the consequences of not being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then there's another place that has been prepared, not for you, it's been prepared for the devil and his angels But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where you wind up for an eternity. Now, an eternity is a long time. There is no end to eternity. It's not a year or two. It's not five years. It's not 20 years. It's forever. So we have to ask ourselves this morning where we want to spend an eternity. Do we want to spend eternity in heaven? Or do we want to spend eternity in hell? Now there's coming a day. That's the title of my message. There's coming a day, heaven or hell. 
It's your choice. God's not going to send you to heaven or send you to hell. But if we don't do things right now, then that's where we spend in eternity is in hell. It's not a shouting message yet. But if you're a believer, you're going to have something to shout about, okay? The only ones that will be crying, oh me, is those that don't have that relationship with Jesus. It's all about Jesus, my friend. It's all about Jesus. It always has been about Jesus. And it will always be about Jesus. Father, we love You today. We thank You, Lord, for our time together this morning. We thank You for the opportunity, Father God, to open the Word of God. Oh, the Word of God, it's so precious. The Word of God is what we desperately need, Father God. So I thank You for Your Word today. I thank You for putting this message inside of me. I fought against it. I didn't want to preach it. But it's that you said, that's what I gave you to preach. Preach it. And let, let the Spirit, let the Spirit, let the Spirit have His way in your life. Speak through the Spirit. Don't worry about what people will say. Don't worry about what they will, how they will react. You preach the Word and the Spirit will do the rest. So, Father, I've surrendered to You, and that now we will preach Your Word, Father God. This lovely Word. This eternal Word. This life-changing Word. And I thank You today for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, Amen. Appreciated so much the musicians, didn't you? I appreciate the opportunity to worship God. I appreciate the opportunity that we have to come together and worship a living God. Amen? So I appreciate these musicians. I appreciate the young people in our church, don't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. I appreciate Pito and Eden and all the rest of the workers that work to make a difference in the lives of our youth. Amen? So John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. This is a promise from Jesus. Bless you. The time of Jesus' departure is at hand. He wants to speak into the lives of His disciples and say something important to them that when their time of difficulty comes, when they're going to have to say either yes or no to Jesus, then He has some words of comfort and encouragement to them. So let's look at chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Before we do that, let me give you the rest of my Scriptures so that if you have your Bible, you can be turning there and there will not be a lot of page turning in the meantime. Uh, so I'll start out in John, then we'll be going to Ephesians, and then we'll wind up in the book of Revelation, back toward the back, chapter 20. John, Ephesians, and Revelation. And the Word says in John chapter 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. In My Father's house 
are many rooms. And the King James says, mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, Jesus, am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when what we see as a world will all be changed. It'll be in the moment in the twinkling of an eye when Jesus returns for His church. My question to you, are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Have you made yourself ready? Have you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you cried out to Him and repented of your sins and made yourself ready for that day? The day's coming. There is coming a day, heaven or hell. Now Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now this is the one that spoke the world into existence and everything that we see is. Can you imagine if Jesus created all of this in all of its beauty and the things that we enjoy here and the pleasures that we find by just looking at a sunset or going to an ocean and standing on the edge of that ocean and watching the waves come and go or drive up to a mountain, uh, an area that's mountainous and just stand on the highest peak and look out and see God's creation. If God could do that through Jesus, then what do you think heaven is going to be like? It is going to be better than anything that you and I can ever imagine. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard the things that I have prepared for those that love me. Hallelujah. I think it's time to give the Lord a hand clap, don't you think? He's done this all for us. All for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is Jesus' promise to us. In order to get to heaven, you have to get your ticket. You have to get on the vehicle, whichever one's going to take us there. Just like you would get on a train and the conductor comes by and he punches your ticket. Or you get on the airline, you've got to have your ticket to get on. And in order to go to heaven, you've got to have your ticket. My question to you this morning, do you have your ticket? We've got to have a ticket. Ephesians 2.1 tells us how to get our ticket. Tells us who we, who we were, tells us who we are, and tells us who we're going to be. Ephesians 2.1-10 through 10. As for you, say you, say me, you, me, them, all of us. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. There was no life in you. You were breathing, but there was no life in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us 
also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Say wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Say grace. grace. Say thank God for grace. I need grace. Do you need grace? Thank God for it. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Say, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You have been redeemed. You have been set free. You're not in your old sins anymore. Your old sins have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. You're not dead anymore. You've been made alive. We need to act like we're alive. Some people act like they're dead. Come on now. If you're alive, let me know it. Hey, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in us. Verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. Ooh. He's created it all of us for something. You have a purpose in Christ. You have a purpose in Christ. Many people wandering around in life wondering what their purpose is. What have I been put here on this earth to do? You are put here on earth to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are here to exalt Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all just excuse me if I get a little bit excited. We need to get excited about the things of God. Amen. We need to get excited when we have the opportunity to worship. Don't you think so? Hey, He's redeemed you. You're no longer in your sins. You're no longer dead in your transgressions. You've been set free for the glory of God. Amen. Oh, we've got to go out and bring Him glory. We've got to go out and bring Him glory. That's what Adopt-A-Block is all about. It's going out and bringing Christ's glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Those people, they need something. You have what they need. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not that works are going to save you. But if you've been saved, you're going to want to work. When we get saved, 
and we get committed to the things of God the way we need to get committed to the things of God. When the pastor says, I need some volunteers for this, hey, we'll all line up at the door and say, what can I do, pastor? I want to serve somebody. I want to serve I want to serve this community. I want to serve my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because He's done so much for me. He's demonstrated His love to me by dying on the cross and taking my sins. Thank you, Father. Now, we get to the good part. Revelation. Let me get a drink. There's people, Christians included, that do not believe in a literal hell. They just believe that when life is over, You go back to the ground, go back to the dust from which you came. So the only thing that really matters is what I do in this life here on the earth. Because there is no hereafter. Uh, I've read in the book, they talk about hell, they talk about heaven, but that's just someone's fantasy. Let me tell you, God gave us His Word. He says, My word is a lamp unto your path, and is a lamp unto your feet, and a light for your path. The word of God is what I trust. I trust in the word of God. I've trusted in the word of God for some 68 years now. Not all of that was I saved, but a large portion of it. I was saved. And I've trusted in the Word of God. I've listened to the Word of God. I've preached the Word of God. And it has sustained my life and taken me this far. And if it brought me this far, I believe it will take me the rest of the way. Don't you? We can trust what God says. You can trust in your own feelings if you want to. You can trust in your education if you want to. But I am going to trust in the Lord. Amen? I'm going to trust His Word. His Word's going to abide in me. And I'm going to abide in Him. And His Word will see me through to the conclusion. Let's talk about the conclusion. Revelation 20, 11 through, 14, 11 through 15. This is the judgment. This is our motivation to tell others about Jesus. And for the believer... It will take away all fear. Fear does not come from God. If you are full of fear and anxiety, that comes from the enemy. He wants you fearful. He wants you anxious. But the Word says, be anxious for nothing. But settle it in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits that The Word of God is real. That John the Revelator, when he wrote the book of Revelation, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. 
And the Lord gave him the words to put in the book of Revelation. And just as fast as those words were coming, John the Revelator was writing it down. I want to be in the Spirit. Don't you want to be in the Spirit? If we're in the Spirit, things will go our way. But if we get in the flesh, things are going to start fouling up. But if we stay in the Spirit, if we stay spiritual, if we get out of the flesh and get in the Spirit, then things are going to start to go our way. That fear that's in our life will be gone. There's somebody here, you're full of fear today, you're full of anxiety. That's not God's will for you. God's will for you is peace, joy, love, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. John the Revelator said in chapter 20, verse 11, then, there's coming a day, my friend, then I saw a great white throne and Him who was seated on it. Meditate on that for a moment. There's a great, great white throne and there's one seated on it and it ain't me. There's one seated on that throne and it isn't you. I don't care how important you think you are, you do not compare for, but, but to the one who is seated on the throne. He has a way of evening things out, okay? Those that think there's something in this life, oftentimes when it gets to the end of the life, they're not really that much. But then there's also those that have very little and their position in life is very low. But when this life is over, they have everything. They have everything. It all depends on your relationship. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is He Lord of your life? There was one seated on that throne, and the earth and the sky fled from His presence. And there was no place for them. The presence of God. We have got to have the presence of God in our life. We've got to have the presence of God in everything that we do. For us to do anything outside of His presence is foolishness. We try to find pleasure in this life. We try to find satisfaction in this life. It will never be found, my friend. You will always remain empty unless you have the presence of a dynamic Holy Spirit God in your life. Amen? He will bring excitement to your life. Your life will no longer be boring. I've heard people say, I'm bored. Bored? How can you be bored when you have the Spirit of God on the inside? <laughs> Hallelujah. I can have a party in just one person, me. I don't need people around me to have a party and worship my Lord. The best times I've ever had in Jesus when I was all by myself because I didn't care who was around. I just showed out a little bit for God. Amen. I let the Spirit have His way. I don't know why we don't do that in church. We're just so afraid of what someone's going to say if we just turn loose. It's time for the church to quit worrying about what people say and worry about what God thinks. Amen. What does God think about you? What does God think about your worship? 
What does God think about what you're doing with your time? What does God think about it? Because that's the only thing that matters. We all must appear before the judgment seat. Let's read on. It fled from His presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that was in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into a lake of fire. Let that sink in. Those aren't my words. Those are God-inspired words that John the Revelator wrote down. He wrote it for us so that we wouldn't have to leave this planet not knowing. So many parents, they prepare their children for their future. They say, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. You need to do that in order to prepare for your future. Parents, let me say in love, prepare your children for eternity. Because that's what's going to last. It's what you do in eternity. Or what you do here prepares you for eternity. And then chapter 21, it talks about, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the order of the old order of things has passed away. There's coming a day when the old things pass away. Amen. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. God wants to make everything new in your life. Get rid of the old stuff and let God make new things. He wants to change things. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I give to drink without cost from the spring, the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, you know who the cowardly are? It's those that can't stand for Jesus on this planet. They can't stand when it's time for courage. They don't have any courage. When they get on the job and they have an opportunity to witness to somebody, they chicken out. They become cowards. They don't tell what Jesus has done in their life. They're afraid. They're cowards. 
the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. Now the rest of that chapter, it talks about the city. The city, which is four square. Four, it's a big cube. And it's some between 1,400 and 1,500 miles long, high, wide. That's from Tampa to Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's the city that God is preparing for us. And then it talks about all kinds of jewels, all kinds of jewelry. Women, you like jewelry? You like going in a jewelry shop? All the walls of the city are decorated with beautiful jewels. I'm going to skip to verse 7 of chapter 22. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers the prophets and of all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Let that sink in. Worship God. Verse 12, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and the morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen.